What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Opinionated Off Topic. Today, I'm with Carlos Mojica, co-owner, co-founder of Opinionated Media. I'm Cam Theory, co-owner, co-founder of Opinionated Media. We're with Kais Wilson. Um, super excited to get to know him better, chop it up. He actually reached out to us, and, you know, it's always cool to meet people and, you know, kind of share thoughts, um, break bread on camera. So, super, super excited to hear his journey, and um, let's get into this episode, so... Yeah, man. Really appreciate being here. Um, like I said off camera, got a lot of respect for you guys. You know, saw the consistency over probably the six months that I've known y'all, so or seen y'all. Mm -hmm. um, but I brought this book. So a while ago, um, I met with an investor, and I wish I had two for both of you, but he gave me a book. And so now every time I do one of these, I'm trying to give out a book to anybody. Okay. So you did say you read. If you don't yeah, want to read that, I'll, you can no, I'll, gift I'll, it. So. Bro, I'll check this out. Definitely. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, man. Chris Hogan, Retire Inspired. It's not an age. It's a financial number. So I'll be checking this out, and then I'll pass it along to Carlos, and we'll appreciate start reading. That. Yeah, first, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, That's the first sure. one. Yeah, yeah of first, course. First, uh, on first one? Yeah. 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 Love it. Appreciate yeah, that. It's always the first and, for everything. Uh, like he said, appreciate you taking time out your day. I mean, for you to say that you've been keeping up with us for six months, I mean, that I mean, it's it's crazy to think about, but it means a lot. I mean, we've yeah. been doing this for four or five years mm -hmm. now, and yeah, it's it's a grind, especially like just always trying to be on time with stuff and get stuff out and do stuff. So um, it's always nice to uh, get flowers back. So appreciate yeah. that, and appreciate you taking time out your day. Um, even it's been a shitty day, but we needed the rain, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we did. We needed the rain, we did so it's okay. No, I, I, I love the weather today, yeah. man. I was like, Damn. I mean, I'll take it rather than it being um, hot, but. I saw yesterday that this summer it was over 176 times hit over 100. Oh, yeah, easy. And this is uh, the last one. The last highest was 53, and that was back in 2018. Mm. So it crushed like the last yeah. when it was hot like that. But, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, but just give, give us a little backstory. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but I'm actually from England. I was born in a small town called Peterborough. Um, moved around a little bit, not a military brat or anything, but I went to high school here, like Leander, um, north of here. And, you know, I was playing basketball and didn't really think I was going to, you know, go play collegiately. Um, it turns out somehow, you know, over the summer of what would have been 2018, I just somehow developed a shot. Like I was just making shots on the court. And I, I was able to get, you know, number one three-point percentage in Central Texas. That was on Statesman back in 27 or 2018. Um, and I started getting offers and, you know, started meeting with, with coaches and different things like that. And I found myself at Letourneau University in, in Longview, Texas, like far east Texas on the border of Louisiana. Um, you know, I played freshman year. I was able to receive a, or to win a championship ring, which was, you know, fantastic. It's something that, you know, a lot of people don't get to say they, they did, you know, win a championship ring in any level of collegiate sports. Um, you know, went on to play sophomore year. Um, we had a bit of a coaching change that sophomore year. So I thought, you know, because of that, I was going to get a little bit more PT and, you know, kind of get into my role. I always, you know, believed in my abilities. Um, junior year came, we had a bit of a coaching switch and it kind of didn't go my way. And in that sense, I kind of fell out of love with basketball. And so I quit playing basketball and started playing golf. Um, and, and in that time, you know, I, I saw, you know, quite a, a lot of different stuff going on in school that was contrary to what I was seeing in real life. Um, I started trading stocks, you know, making a good amount of money there. And I would trade, I would, you know, before I was saying this, I was, you know, day trading 
and, and making a good amount of money and teaching people. And then I would go to class and our teachers would tell us something about, you know, the markets and how to trade and do different things. And it was completely wrong. It was, like I said, contrary to what I was doing in real life. And I thought, hey, like, you know, we're leading kids down a path that that they're not truly understanding and they're not given the right, you know, metrics and they're not given the right, you know, uh, structure for how life actually goes. And I said, hey, you know, I don't want to spend the extra twenty, forty thousand dollars this next semester finishing school when, you know, I can go out and start getting into the workforce. And so that's what I did. I went out into the workforce and quit school. And, you know, a lot of people call me crazy. You know, it's kind of crazy to go yeah. four years in college, you know, get to senior year and then not finish. A semester left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a big believer in self-belief. You know, I don't believe in doubt and I believe in my abilities. And if you can see it in your mind and you, you know, make it happen, I think that's that's the most powerful thing that you can you can have. And so that that's kind of where we're at now. That was only six, seven months ago, which is crazy to me because I felt really like I, that, I, was I, that. Yeah, that's wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> crazy. It's yeah. crazy to me thinking about it. You know, it's like six months ago, you know, I left school and, you know, all my friends are still in, moved to San Antonio for a little bit, started working in real estate, which is kind of my, my, my passion is kind of the direction that I, that I sort of want to go, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and everybody called me crazy, but like I said, you know, self-belief. And, and at that time, that's kind of when I started my own, you know, side Instagram podcast, KRK, keeping it real with Kais. Um, and that was all based around motivation, you know, inspiration, trying to inspire people. Um, and unfortunately, when I decided to make a move to Austin, first week I was back home, back here. I left my golf clubs. I left all of my camera equipment in my trunk, and that got stolen. So, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get my, my camera equipment and everything. Yeah, and it's kind not of, cheap. And kind of, no, it's <laughs> definitely not cheap. So, um, but yeah, you know, that, that's, that's kind of me and a little bit, you know, about what I've been doing for the past, you know, six months. Yeah. So. Um, I guess take us back to your time as a kid, man. In, in England, like you, you lived in in England growing up, and it's just like yeah, moved to America. What what was well, what was England like? And then what was it? What was it like? Uh, was it like a culture shock moving to America? Well, I'll I'll tell you what. I was quite young. I lived in England for about six years. So I I came to the states when I was seven. I was born in two thousand. So mm -hmm. I came here when I was when two thousand seven moved to Orlando. And it was, like you said, culture shock. I mean, you know, the way I, I pronounce words, you know, I'd say wa and different things like, <laughs> no, nah, and it's like, you know, these people don't understand me. And, you know, now I don't have an accent. I wish I did. Apparently what my dad tells me, I have three older brothers, but one is, one is full. He's the one that kind of moved over with me. You know, they were saying that I was getting bullied or he was getting bullied. And so he would kind of, you know, have to fight for his little brother and stuff. And so over time, we kind of just adopted the American you know, we assimilated because, yeah. you know, you know, we didn't want to get bullied. And so that's kind of, you know, why, why, that, why that happened. But, um, yeah, you know, I don't have too much memory of England, really. Um, you know, we, my, my parents split up in, in Orlando shortly after that. And so my mom kind of left. So I, I lost that British kind of, you know, uh, influence in my mm -hmm. life kind of young. And so, like I said, I just kind of became Americanized quickly. And it, it wasn't really that, that big of a deal for me. Now my brother, of course, is a different story because he's you know seven years older than me. He's thirty. Yeah. So I guess when your time in England was soccer ever in your life? Football. Well, football. Football for y'all. Football. Yeah. 
Um, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was. Um, again, I don't really remember too, too much. Too much? Just yeah, like yeah. you know, I have little, you know, spots. I have spots mm-hmm. of memories. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's it's just such a big thing over yeah, there. Yeah, I was gonna ask you like, who, who did you fall in the Premier League and stuff like that? You know, I, you know, it's funny. I used to love PSG. Which okay, is, which is crazy. You yeah, know, French, French is like, yeah. you know, yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're, you know, bickering there, but. Yeah, I love PSG when they had Zlatan. You know, mm-hmm. I love Zlatan. That's mm-hmm. my guy. I used to have a man bun like him, so oh, okay. I, felt, I felt like I was him. You know, yeah. he has that kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, like people don't really like him because he's kind of just like out there. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that about him. He's not scared to, to say what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. Have you so, read his book yet? I have not read his book. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it. he had a book. Yeah, it's, I think it's like I Am Zlatan, like just about I think him. It's like yeah, an yeah, auto, autobiography yeah. type deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, so I guess... You come over here, you drop out, um, and then obviously you have all these, you know, circumstances come up. What made you decide? Could you repeat your podcast name again too? Because I was trying to look it up. KRK, keeping it real with Kais. I think I think I changed it to Keeping It Real Pod on okay. YouTube. So you'll so you'll find it there. Yeah. So you started your podcast, Keeping It Real Pod. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what? Like I guess going into that, what what made you want to like get into podcasting and talking because. We talk about it now. At the time when we wanted to start our podcast, there wasn't a ton of podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. And ours is mainly, you know, to talk sports and have a platform. Yeah. But now it's like you look up, everyone has a podcast. It's even like a meme now if you have a podcast. So kind of what, what made you decide to go that route? Um, you know, throughout high school and college, especially college, um, I don't want to say a lot of people looked up to me. That's definitely not what it was. But I'd say a lot of people came to me naturally for advice. Like, I didn't portray myself as somebody who's a teacher or, or somebody who coaches, but a lot of people kind of came to me for advice. You know, like I said, I was investing in the stock market. I was helping a lot of people out there, you know, doing a little bit of real estate, helping people there. And, you know, I think people were kind of attracted to my mindset. I think maybe that's what it is. Um, and so people kind of, like I said earlier, just naturally gravitated to me and just asked me questions and that sort of stuff. And so I thought if so many people are asking me, you know, the kind of the same thing, you know, what, how do you think? What's your mindset? I thought, well, probably more people want to hear about it. And so I decided, you know, let's go ahead and just start it and, and kind of reach the masses. Um, I got to say, too, Instagram is crazy. Mm-hmm. The algorithm is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a few videos, you know, like 100 likes, 200 likes, whatever. And then I started to kind of, and I didn't even, I wasn't doing it for too, too long because, like I said, the camera got broken. But, man, I think I had one or two that popped off, like 50,000 views, like a few thousand likes. And yeah. it's just like, it's like, like that. that. Yep. You know, so it's, I mean, you know, social media and that whole, it was that social whole, media in general, because we've had a few videos that are like over a hundred K and it's just, yeah, it's, it's random. It's random. random. And then like, yeah, like literally last week we had a, like a sports video hit like 132 K Then we've been posting consistently since then. We've had a few hit over a thousand, but it's not like really staggered content. I feel like too, a big thing, which might be a little easier with people probably like your age mm-hmm. is the collaboration aspect. I think right. like creators and even like this, like doing podcasts with each other and like shooting content. I think like the way to grow quicker is to not only be consistent, but like collab with the right people and, you know, kind of strategize your content. Cause I feel like people are just like, let me just put it out. But if you can kind of strategically move and like, you know, shoot with a, a certain person or you talk to a person that might have the same niche or same focus of what you're trying to do, then yeah. your audience will grow together. Cause that their audience might be like, Oh, I like what he's saying about the same topics I like. I'm going to go follow him, and then it kind of just compounds. Yeah, so. the collaboration thing, I think, I'm not sure if you guys interviewed him, but Josh, I, I think his last name is like uh, Ma, jo, Josh I don't know if he's watching this. I, I, really, I don't know. Sorry, bro. His name's Josh. Josh. He's in like the, the fitness, um, 
kind of same thing, motivation, fitness type. Jake, Juan, him? No. I think his name's Josh Mudson. I think it's Mudson. Okay. I don't know if we've um, done him yet. Shout out Josh, but I, I talked to him a little bit on, on DMs, and I was kind of asking him for advice, you mm-hmm. know, same thing. I think I saw you guys were connected. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, man, like, like, what do I need to do? And he says, you know, those collaborations with people in your niche are something that's going to propel you forward. Mm-hmm. And so that that's, you know, kind of where I was leaning until all my equipment got stolen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's tough, bro. I'm sorry to hear that. It just pains, yeah. pains me because I just, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, there's always something coming out or something new that can help your production and take your quality up a level. Because I think a lot of people will see, like, a clip or whatever. And if it doesn't look a certain way, especially now, it's so ultra competitive. Like, yours has to, like, fit a standard. It right. has to look a certain way. It has to sound a certain way. Because if it doesn't, some people, even though the content you're might saying might be great content, mm-hmm. you know, good information, somebody's going to be like, it doesn't look like what I normally see, so I'm just going to click right, off of it. Right, Yeah, right. so I, I definitely feel for you on that. That's tough, bro. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, this The collaboration thing, at least with, with our age, um, I just don't get why people don't because you gain so many different ears and eyes from just collaborating with people. Yeah. And just new people who've never heard of you. And so yeah. just like, why, why, would you, why would you not? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think a lot of people, and I had this issue too, I think a lot of people want to be the lone wolf, you know, and I'd say up until about six months ago, I wanted to be the lone wolf too, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, I think everybody speaks from experience and they are the way they are because of what they've been through in life. And I think maybe from, you know, my past, whatever, I'm not a victim at all, but I think from my past, I've had this feeling of like, I'm going to do everything myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it my way. Um, and I think that might be the same thing for like new creators, you know, they might think that, you know, they just want to do it themselves. They don't need help. And that's, you know, not a necessarily healthy mindset to have. Yeah, because the way I see it is just there's enough room in any realm that you're in for everybody. Mm. Like you're, no yeah. one's going to listen to just you as a podcast. He listens to five, ten different podcasts. Right. Abundance um, mindset. Yeah, there's just like because they can like us for just one reason. They can like you for just one reason. It could be quote-unquote the same thing but just the way we say stuff and the way we do stuff is completely different and that's what they like about it so i've never understood why people want to be the own wolf when there's enough room for everybody yeah yeah doesn't, no. it doesn't make sense yeah to absolutely me. absolutely yeah um what has like s- sports helped you with like starting your podcast doing day trading and and um, I guess your real estate as well. Mm-hmm. Has it has like playing sports your whole life helped you at all? Um, like that, I'd, I'd say it definitely helps me um, in terms of camaraderie. You know, I learned pretty early that brotherhood and having good people around you, you know, not just not just guys but girls as well, having good people around you is something that that is absolutely necessary. You know, I think that's something that'll propel you forward because you know one one mind, it, it you know. It, one is or two is always better than one right yeah. and so even though you think that you're right all the time you have all the right answers you know some other person is going to bring in a new perspective that is going to change you know the way that, that you think or, or change the way you do things and so you know I learned definitely pretty young that that you know having good people around you to support you that you can lean on is something that that's extremely important so I'd, I'd definitely say that and of course you know the hard work the the consistency thing you know 
college sports is a grind, you know, 5 a.m. you're waking up, you're going to, to um, you know, a three, three hour workout at six o'clock, mm-hmm. then you're going to breakfast, you mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. And then you go to, you know, you go to class and you got mm-hmm. another three hour workout, then you're mm-hmm. eating again, then you're doing homework and you're going right to sleep Film, and doing it all, all over. That. Film, forgot about yeah. that. And then you do it all over <laughs> again for yeah. I don't know, eight months out of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a long season, basketball and football. Yeah. Uh, so I speaking on that too, how much do you think like, playing sports especially at the collegiate level because it's such a drastic jump from like casually not even casually doing it in high school you can be like super dedicated in high school super focused but even then like you go to college and it's like whoa like i'm not taking this as serious as i want to like there's other there's guys going in watching film when i'm not watching film like obviously you have your scheduled time with your coach or whatever but you can do more right so i guess like you know playing sports in the collegiate level and then once you decided that you wanted to go a different different path in life, like what tendencies have you taken from that and applied it to, you know, your other mindset, entrepreneuring, you know, creating, curating, all that stuff? Because I've always been curious to hear like what other athletes have to say about that. Hmm. That that's a that's a great question. Can I cuss on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, I'd probably say eating the shit. Yeah. You know, eating the shit. Like it's it's such a grind. Like, like we just spoke about, it's such a grind. And, you know, there's a lot of times that you want to stop. You know, you're so sore and, you know, there's somebody yelling in your ear telling you to do something that you don't want to do. Um, but ultimately, you just get up and keep doing it. You know, it's like that thing where, where motivation versus discipline. It's like that motivation might be there for a little stint. You know, you mm-hmm. might read a great book and mm-hmm. you might be super motivated to mm-hmm. go and do something. And then, you know, one, two, three, four weeks go by. Then that motivation starts creeping out and then it's like, you know, you're not doing it anymore, but it's that discipline. It's like, okay, this is just something that I have to do regardless of how I feel. You know, I think that's definitely something that I, that I took from sports is that, you know, no matter what it is I'm doing, I, you know, my feelings don't contribute to, to what I'm doing at all. I'm still going to execute no matter what, you know, yeah. and it's funny cause I, I dropped out and stopped everything, but you know, I, I took it just, over. you, but I think you just, you, you've played sports for so long. Well, we played sports for so long that it just kind of stays with you. Like that mindset, just to come, it's a competitor mindset. So it just kind of stays with you. Like you're a competitor, like I want to win. I want to win. I want to yeah. win. And if I stop, I'm not going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely took that as well. Yeah. So. Um, going back a little bit, when did you pick up golf? Cause you just randomly threw that in there, but it, it's going to lead me to a question, but when did you pick up golf? Oh man, it was late. You know, I, my dad used to force me to play when I was young, maybe like 10, 11 years old, but I used to skateboard. And it's funny as crap. I thought I was going to be like a, a Red Bull, you know, skateboarder <laughs> type guy. But, um, you know, my dad used to say, you take me to the course and say, hey, you know, you hit this drive well, I'll take you to the, to the skate park after this. And I kind of started playing from then. Um, and I've always kind of been lanky, like, a, you know, I've always kind of been taller yeah. than everybody, mm-hmm. kind of lanky. So, you know, a bit of an advantage there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always hit the ball well, but I, I kind of stopped and didn't play until maybe high school. I was, mm-hmm. you know, picking it up a little bit. When I got to college, um, we had some great, you know, great courses surrounding the university. And I got, you know, became good friends with some of the golfers and stuff and kind of got access to those courses. And I was just started playing a lot more. So probably college. For sure. And, you know, there's an aspect to it. Like I started to get into networking and meeting mm, with, you know, business yeah. people, different Super. things like that. And golf it's is the like, right sports you learn to golf, you're going to be good, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. These, these, you know, CEOs, C-suite executives, uh, you know, business owners, business people. I mean, they all love golf, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're not good. It's like just to be out there, have just, a good time, yeah. enjoy the landscape and, and do that. Because so. he just went. Yeah. I don't know if it's his first time. It was, my, it was my first 18. So I played oh, yeah. my first 18, like probably two, three weeks ago with uh some of my um, bosses, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I was just like, I'll text him because I was just like, 
I'm not good. Like, it's my first time playing, but yeah. I had a few good shots, and yeah. I was like, damn, this is, like, kind of fun. But it's, like, being, you know, competitive as, yeah. like, an ex-athlete, I was getting so mad and, like, frustrated. But I was just like, damn, I can't wait to, like, get a set of cheap clubs and start playing and getting good and getting reps. And then yeah. you know, I was talking to him, like, when you can tra- you travel, right? You can go travel and then play golf at all these courses around the world. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, no matter what, you can always play golf, and it's not, like, super strenuous on the body, so you can – do it with a lot of people anyone you know so i mean i love it i think it's a great especially like a great pastime as you get older yeah well because what i was going to say was i feel like golf's the best sport that you can play when you can't like officially compete anymore yes because it helps you so much mentally People play golf forever man well it just helps you so much mentally i feel like yeah just being on the course and you hit a bad shot it's like well, Fuck, it's, it's you against you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what other sport are you like solely dependent on you and what you do? Not a lot. Baseball. Or, I mean, that's being a pitcher. Tennis. Kind of just baseball. But even baseball, general. it's like you're still you're still relying on your your team. Your team. You know, yeah, because like, baseball is like a, yeah, baseball is like a team sport, but an individual sport. It's mm-hmm. weird because yeah. that's why I play. The only other thing I think, can think of is tennis, maybe. Tennis, yeah, tennis. Yeah. Maybe Running, tennis. cycling. Yeah, I guess. yeah cycling, just, track, like those individual well, sports. Yeah, 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 I guess yeah, like stuff like that. But yeah. even then, like the longevity of that stuff is you know pretty short. Like like right. you said, you play golf. Forever. I mean, look at uh, Phil Mickelson. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yep. he's still Phil playing Mickelson. forever. Like yeah. Bubba Watson. <laughs> yeah. It's like these people are yeah. still playing. So even Tiger Woods. I mean, yeah. He broke his back yeah. and his knees and his legs. Yeah. Ten times over, and he's still, <laughs> still playing. playing. Like he's he's still swinging. But yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a it's a great sport that you can keep playing that just keeps your mind just mentally just there because mm-hmm. it's just it is frustrating and it's hard. Yeah. And especially if you're not. If you don't play every day or practice every day, you're gonna suck. That's just the way it is. That's mm-hmm. how golf is. You're gonna suck. Yeah. Um, and then when you go out there, obviously you want to do go to, want to compete. And then you're just like, when you hit a bad shot, you get mad. It's like fuck. And then, but it's so <laughs> rewarding when you do hit a good shot. It's like right. that felt so good. Let's do that again. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like golf's a great game that just keeps you um, <clears throat> level headed and keeps your 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 mental strong. You know what's funny? I'm actually thinking about this now that you're saying that. I used to have, like, mad anger issues, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I've come to terms with that. But I used to be, like, super angry all the time. Like, I'd just, you know, get swip a, flip a switch. Yeah. And even with golf, like, my, I used to play with my dad. I'd throw my clubs and do all this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But when I started to play golf more and truly be in the moment, like, enjoying the landscape and everything, I found myself being a lot less, like, combative and reactive, mm-hmm. you know? In all areas of life, it's weird, hmm. you know, because like you're out there, you're just enjoying the landscape and, you know, you're just doing your thing. And it's like everything is kind of calm. You realize like, oh, you hit a bad shot. It's just it's you. It's yeah. your own mm-hmm. mind. And when you start to be able to calm your mind down, that kind of translates to your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I never because I was going to ask you what what did that for you, because mine was like a, I didn't have anger issues, but I had like a, lo- a lot of other Excuse me. Um, I don't know if I would call them mental battles, but I had a lot of like other personal battles and growth that I had to deal with, like yeah. I needed to do. But it wasn't until like a breakup when I like flipped a switch and Ooh. all that came into play, and that's when I like matured a lot and grew as a person. Amen, brother. You, you hit it on the nail. Them breakups, <laughs> 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 boy. Hey, nah, de- nah de- definitely. Like, th- I feel like just life, like. Once you're going through stuff, going through, you know, certain experiences, it really does mold you. Because even, like, similar to him, like, was in, like, a tough situation, you know, romantically. And then 
putting that energy and focus and just seeing like, damn, like I'm letting like this person dictate everything I could be doing and accomplishing. And then you start surrounding yourself with like-minded people and peers. Cause talk about it with him. Like me and him grew up together, but we got close. Like once I went to college, like we were always close, but we became like best friends when I was in college. And mm-hmm. then now even people I grew up with, or he's probably grown up with, we're still good friends with them, still close with them, but meeting people like you that we haven't known for a long time or, you know, anyone that comes onto the platform and then seeing that they're doing stuff, like trying to better themselves, change their life. And there's nothing wrong with, with, uh, you know, people doing whatever they want to, but it's more so that they understand what you're doing. Like they understand the difficulties of trying to either create a product, sell something, become an entrepreneur, um, do something that's kind of outside the norm. And I think, there's just a certain appreciation when you meet someone else that's doing that. And also, you know that there's times where they probably want to give up. But I think you have that synergy when you meet somebody. It's like, if, if this person's not giving up and, you know, they're like one of my peers and like, why would I give up? You know, like mm-hmm. I can't let them down. So mm-hmm. I think it's super cool just to kind of like the life experiences kind of gravitate you to the people you need to be around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You said something there um, about kind of, you know, challenging the norm or mm-hmm. doing something outside of the norm. And that's... You know, that's why I'm here. It's it's why I do what I do. It's it's you know motivation for me. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about motivation. I think that is my motivation. You know, trying to be outside the norm. You know, I think um, life in our society has been, you know, put in a box. Mm-hmm. Like every everyone's in this box, and anyone who operates outside of this box is you know something labeled with something. You know, normally a negative something because this this box is where they want you to be. And you know, I've always felt. I've always thought outside of that box, you know, like there has to be more to this than just doing the, you know, what they call the American dream. I mean, everybody knows, you know, mm-hmm. go to school, go to, you know, go have, get debt, you know, get a car, you know, get the degree mm-hmm. and then you're going to work and then you're 60 and then you're finally going to retire with, you know, however much dollars. I don't think that's a happy life. I don't think that's a life worth living, you know, but I, I think, I think I used to, the, the old part of me used to say, you know, I don't want to be around people or talk to people who don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. And I think as I've matured, you know, especially in the past, you know, year, mm-hmm. I start to accept more people and say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. My life is my life. I'm still going to do me no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I think I used to be focused on what other people weren't doing mm-hmm. the way that I thought they should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And that that messed me up, honestly. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize it. So I had to come to terms with that. And when you get your new camera, get a Sony. I want to. Um... Get the ZV-1. Yeah, ZV-1 is very, it's very uh, portable. Like, mm-hmm. you can use it. You can vlog, vlog with it if with you want it. to. You can shoot, like, you look like you're in great shape. Like, you can shoot, like, gym content with it if you want. Mm. Um, a podcast, like, one, one of our friends, uh, Peyton, he, he has a big-ass podcast, and, like, they're still shooting on, like, ZV-1s. It's not bad. Yeah, no. 650? Yeah. That's yeah. not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. So, Get the ZV-1. I was expecting it to be a lot more. No. no. That's why I recommend it to you. It's a great camera for the press. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and it's I don't recommend shooting in 4K, but you can shoot in 4K. Yeah, yeah. So you're the you're the video guy. Uh, I'm I, a don't, te- I don't mean I'm to a, say that. No, like, no, no. I'm a technology <laughs> I mean, guy. Technology guy. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I, I do most of my reading on the computer. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I just love technology. Yeah. So I'm just always reading stuff about yeah. technology and yeah. new stuff and all that good stuff. So yeah. But uh, I'm I'm learning more because our main videographer. Um, He's nice with the camera, but he's teaching me a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm working with him a lot more, mm-hmm. going to concerts, shooting concerts and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun. And then I'm about to, uh, I'm going to hit with the guy he's going to um, the bachelor party with mm. um, for him. Uh, once he gets back, I'm going to hit him up and see. Um, you like uh, you like house music? 
I do. Uh, yeah, so, it's not bad. It's grown on me because that, I mean, that's yeah. what I say. It's grown yeah, on it's me. grown on me because I'm a I'm a hip hop head R and B like yeah. strictly, and then I do like country a lot and like yeah. melodic music. But like house music, it's definitely grown on me. I feel like I just I just have an appreciation for like the DJ because we had DJ Chow on and like just hearing him talk about that. DJing and stuff. I yeah. was like, yeah. It's because it, if you get if you're in the right vibe, I think like right club, like right ambiance, like and a lot of times too when like house music and stuff being played, the clubs like are pretty nice too. So I, I kind of like that. Yeah, for me, it has to be like EDM house music. I can't do the the extreme lights going crazy. Like I can't. That's too oh, much no. for me. Oh no, yeah, no, no. that's no, too no. much. Because my one yeah, of our no, other yeah. friends, he was like, "Would you ever?" Because he knows I don't like like that. And he was like, "Would you ever go to like an EDM concert with me?" I was like, "Kind of depends." Yeah. And he was like, uh, he was like, what if it's just like house music, like EDM? And I was like, well, what is that? Because what I think of like house music is something a little like is it's called lo-fi. So I kind of think yeah. lo-fi is like house. So that's what I refer to it as, not house music. Yeah. And I was like, well, what is house music to you? Then he played it. It was like, it's like Odessa and then some other people. And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I mean, house <laughs> music is general. I mean, you have like an overall umbrella of house music. And then there's like a shit ton of little mm-hmm. like subcategories. Like Cause like to an extent, rap. to an extent, well, yeah. I'm saying because like, there's just so many subgenres of rap. Yeah, but you got like house, you got minimal house, tech house, like techno, and like so a whole bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it's crazy. But I only asked that um, because I got into DJing like a few months ago. I've okay, always, I've always kind of been in, into it. My, I mean, my brother, uh, he's been a producer for as long as I can remember. But he's a producer in Atlanta. Uh, my best friend, who's out in, in uh, New York, is, is DJ too, and he kind of got me into it. And when I moved back to Austin. All my DJ friends are here, and that's, those are kind of all the guys I was hanging out with. And so I kind of got into a little bit and thought, you know, I'll kind of try that out. So that's that's, that's kind fun. of a, that's yeah, a side yeah, quest. That's dope. It's that's a side dope. quest. That's, that's a side dope. quest. Yeah. How's so, that been? It's fun, man. You know, I think I think music connects people. Mm-hmm. I think music connects people on all levels. And you know, being behind the deck, I'm thinking of that right now with this little sliders. But being behind mm-hmm. the deck, you know, you're playing your good music. You're like, damn, this shit, like, this is fire. And then you yeah. look up, and everyone's like having fun. You know, it mm-hmm. just, it's like a, it's all, it's an all-encompassing moment. And you just love it. So, yeah. Um, how, um, how does it make you feel when you like, you see the dance floor and everybody just has like good energy? I don't know if you ever performed in, in, in as, I, as a I have, DJ. I have. On open deck, so I don't. I haven't had like my own, uh, you know, like like full set. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're gonna come see Kais play, and I'm playing for like yeah a few for hours. like two hours. Yeah, or I'm just like yeah. I'm like coming in, like showing my talent or not talent, whatever they think, and just, <laughs> just kind of just you know doing. Is that it? Play. Is it? Do you typically go to like? Um, I guess like what are the the spots you hit in Austin? Are you just like chill spots or like kind of bigger venues, like um, bigger bigger bars? I guess there, there's been. I mean, they're kind of like mid size. You got higher ground on Congress. Yeah, you know that yeah, one. That was yeah. really cool. Great management there. Yeah, and all the guys there are super cool. Um, we got that. Um, the oven. The oven's really cool. Where's that at? It's kind of. It's close to here. Okay. It, it might be like five ten minutes from here. Okay. Um, that Volstead. Volstead's really cool on the east side. Yeah, I've, I've heard about um, that. There's place. a spot on the west side too near UT uh, Cauldron. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. Too. That's uh so do you know Matt uh Worthington? Yeah. Uh owner of Riser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like a good friend of ours. And uh they throw like events there or whatever, like every Wednesday. It's the oh, turn- yeah, right. turntable right. tequila. Do. Yeah, yeah. So now that's cool that um you got into that. And that's also another way to meet people. I mean, obviously, like when you go out and stuff, there's people out and you can, you know, meet people through that and um DJ and kind of kind of like show your create creativity your art art history you yeah. know side because yeah. even for us like we were talking about like cameras and stuff and editing like 
it's cool to like talk to him about ideas and stuff because I don't know like the semblance of like a team, you know, like a team aspect of like what you're trying to create or whatever. It's been cool to like kind of work with others. And this kind of brings me back to my point of um, how you were talking about like kind of be, be becoming like a lone wolf and now you're like starting to branch out and like work with mm -hmm. others and whatnot. Yeah. So um, I guess how's that been for you? Like just meeting people and like how do you go about like networking and all that stuff? It, you know, it's been awesome. I think networking is a lot about knowing what you want. But I think it's also about being strategic in it. Just like what you were saying about, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the YouTube stuff, you know, it's like my friend was asking me a couple of days ago, he just moved to Austin. And he was like, how do I meet like, you know, these girls and all this different stuff. And I was like, look, bro, you got to be strategic with it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like figure out where the girls are and you need to go to those spots at the right time. And people mm -hmm. are like, oh, that's that's too much stuff. But it's the same thing with networking. Like, hey. If I know, you know, a lot of these high level guys are at, you know, Soho House, mm -hmm. I'm going to try and get a Soho House membership. Mm -hmm. I'm going to network with somebody who knows people at Soho House so I can be at Soho House. Mm -hmm. You know, I think networking is less of a, of a, uh, you know, like full, like outbound, like, you know, like email type stuff. I think it's less of, you know, that. I think it's more of being prepared for the right moment when it comes because networking can come whenever it you know, you could come at Walmart, Literally. but if you're not prepared for it and, <clears throat> and able to see it and work on yourself to be able to portray yourself as the right person that that person wants to talk to, then, you know, th that that's ultimately it. Yeah, because one of the guys we had on, one of his good friends, Jag, he mm -hmm. was working out um, and I guess... Jim's a good one too. The, what was it, like one of the people at Merrill Lynch or... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At Lifetime, he, yeah, uh, yeah. One of the Merrill Lynch, uh, I think, I think it was like the manager of that, that one ever one or financial manager or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. was. He, I think he just asked him if he could like help him, like spot him or something. And then, um, and he was already going to school for that. Like he, the guy didn't know that, and he didn't know who he was. And then they just started talking and asked him. And then from there, because apparently, I guess it's really hard to get into like that. Is it is it Merrill Lynch or Bank? I don't. It's like a so there's like Bank of America and like other banks, and then Merrill Lynch is like like a Goldman Sachs. It's like the main bank. The uh, other ones are just like gotcha. branched off. Of and it's it. hard to get into Merrill Lynch. Yeah, because right? when we set up the bank account, like what was his name? What, what was the old boy's uh, name that helped us? Clyde. Clyde. Yeah, Clyde. He was like a Merrill Lynch financial like advisor. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. So and then he he uh, gets it's like really hard to get into that, and then the guy was like. I'm gonna make a phone call. I'm just gonna get set you up with interview since I'm making the phone call. You're pretty much gonna get it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm just, just he was at the gym and he was like, hey, can you spot me? And then you, there it was. You never know who you're gonna meet, man. And that's why, you know, that's why I try to preach the, you know, the self-improvement thing. Mm -hmm. You know, just always be improving. You know, in sales, I've been in sales for for quite a while now, and we always say, um, you know, assume the sale. Assume you're gonna meet that person mm -hmm. today. You know, wake up and say, I'm gonna get this today. So then you're prepared, you know, I think when you speak stuff out into the world, you know, I'm going to do this, this is going to happen. It naturally comes to you, but you know, it's not some kind of hoorah thing. It's like saying that makes you do something, you and know, you the subconscious mind. Yeah, exactly. You have mm -hmm. to speak into fruition, into fruition and you know, our minds are much more powerful than I think people think, you know? Yeah. Cause that's how we were. When we first started, we we're like, if we get this, if we get that, whenever this comes and now it's just like, when we get a studio, when we get right. that guest, when we right. meet these people, when mm -hmm. we're at these places, it's we we stop saying if probably like right after the either during the first year or right after the first yeah, year. Yeah, because it was just like I mean, yeah, like you say, you gotta speak everything into existence because you also gotta have that overwhelming confidence. Like even for us, like 
the amount of amazing guests we've shot just in the apartment, we're like, oh, when we get a studio, like it's gonna go even it's more crazy. With. You know yeah. what I mean? It's over with so, it. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and just having meeting people like you and like helping people out too, because that's another thing. Like we know, like just talking about the cameras and stuff, for instance, like a lot of people just do not know, right? Like, right. and it, like you could go get something, you could go see a camera line, like, damn, that's like three grand, right? Or you can get something way like comparable for under a grand and still do what you need to do for what you're trying to shoot. Cause we've had a David on from Ariel Austin. He's like a big time videographer in the city. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen yeah. Him. He does like a lot of those drone videos of yeah. the city and yeah, stuff. He's good. Yeah. Bro, he's, he's, cold. He's, he's good. He's, cold. he's dope. Yeah. And, uh, we've had him on and he was just telling us like, look, there's all kind of products for whatever you're trying to do. Like you don't need to get a crazy red or black magic camera. If you're just trying to do podcasts, like you can get right. something that shoots 1080, maybe 4k. If you're trying to vlog and, you know, kind of go, go about that. And that was something we had to learn too. Like, even us starting this four and a half years ago, like learning what is what, like eventually, you know, finding the mics, finding the interface, learning about lighting, learning about cameras. And it's cool to like, you meet someone over time, like uh, CJ who walked in, uh, he has his own media company called uh, Park Car Talks with, with, it's like underneath opinionated media. I was going to say, I thought yeah. that was you guys. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is, it, but like, it, it's like his thing. Yeah. But it's just like, it's like an umbrella. An umbrella. Type of the, yeah. yeah okay. So, um, but even like for him, like he had to like learn a bunch of stuff, but since we had already known a lot of stuff, it was a lot easier to help him out instead of having him go through the growing pains. And I think that's a lot of the, a lot of people giving back to us, like guests coming on or people helping us out with the content or just the networking we made. So we feel like it's just the due diligence is to help people out and it just kind of, you know, pays away. Cause there's a lot of people they got to the top, but it's like they didn't just get there on their own, right? Right. So yeah, that's a big I deal. feel like that, that's why a lot of people at the top are the most are the ones most likely to actually give back. You know, it's funny people on their way up don't want to give any advice; they mm -hmm. want to help. But you know, you find that the people who have already have made it, they're successful. They're the ones that want to share all the knowledge mm -hmm. and all the wisdom. Yeah. They give you a lot of game. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like. Um, Doing this more, meeting people more, networking more, um, talking to the higher level people that we've had on. Um, a lot of people are willing to give game. Mm -hmm. just, yeah. But not everybody's willing to listen or care enough to listen. But a lot of people who are, are somewhat successful or successful, um, they, they give game without, they, they won't even ask you for anything. They'll mm -hmm. just do it. And just, I feel like people who are successful and are, 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 um, around other successful people and they are making it mm -hmm. now are more willing to give game. Yeah. It's funny. So remember I told you, mm -hmm. um, that the guy who, who first gave me a book is what he's, he was like, you know, every time I meet with somebody, I give them a book and I just kind of, you know, took that. But that book that I received was called the go giver. And basically what the whole premise of this, this book was that, you know, people think of a business, you know, I'm going to start a business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're going to make some money, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take money. I'm going to sell this coffee and I'm going to take money from somebody. But what this whole book was about, it's called the go giver. I'm not sure the, I'm not sure the, um, the author, but maybe you could pull it up, Yeah. but it was all about giving. Right. And it's like, you'd shift your mindset to giving and you will receive, you know, but, but too many of us think of taking, you know, I'm going to start a business. Like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take money. I'm going to, you know, do this and try to, you know, increase prices so I can just take as much as I can from this person's pocket. But it's like, when you reframe that and you truly want to work to serve people and give, 
you're you're going to receive those riches back that you wanted anyway and mm-hmm. you're just going to get it in a better fashion yeah it's kind of how it's been for us because for the longest it wasn't like i said we've been doing this for four or five years now but it wasn't until what, two years ago probably? no until last week mm. we had our first merch drop mm. and before that mm. we were that's all we do is give, 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 give. We'll make shirts, we'll make hoodies, whatever, um, stickers, whatever we have extra of. And we like the person, thought it was a dope guest. Hey, here's this. Hey, here's that. Here's a hat. Here's mm-hmm. a whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's just always how we've been. And then now it's just like we've had our first merch drop. And for us, I felt like it did well. Definitely. And, yeah. Um, really? Yeah. 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 And, um, and I think it just it's the universe just giving back. That's yeah. awesome. Man. And I'd love cool. to hear that. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool, man. Like, that's really why we like we want to get a studio because like we've been here for three years shooting content out of here, and it's like kind of time for us to like you know just spread our wings and go our separate ways. Yeah. But at the same time, whenever we make the studio, not only will it be a place for us to shoot content, but people like you or whoever that needs content shot or helped with stuff, it's we want it to be like an open door policy. Like, especially if you're like someone we fuck with, like just pull up, hit us up. Like we'll get something going and like, you know, just give people an uh, opportunity to do something great. Cause I feel like a lot of the times that's all people need is just that push, right? Like they might not, they might be like, Oh, like, well, dang, I can't like invest in all this, but you know, you offer whatever at like a certain price. And it's like, Oh, I can, I could probably swing that. Like, let me go do there, go there and shoot some content or whatever. So content's also currency too. Like I don't really think about it all the time, but a lot of these episodes, every time we shoot an episode, it's like, when we're older, like when we're 50, 60 whatever yeah. you go back yeah. and look at all this and just like <laughs> binge all our old episodes and it's gonna be crazy like it's gonna be like damn like one day i was watching like a video we did like a little challenge video like we did like three <laughs> years ago and we looked so young and i was like damn bro like yeah. this is crazy to like watch this now and see like what we've done since then and even like 10 years five years from what we're like this conversation going back and watching it and stuff and even for you you're gonna be like damn like i was in this spot Right. Now, look and you said it off now. camera. You're like, last year I was in this spot, and you just came up with my memories. Like a year ago, I was I was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I love the idea of documenting, whether it be podcasts or you know just walking around with your phone. And mm-hmm. I, I think people think it's weird nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I that I love is is um, my dad always had a camera in my face when I was young, mm-hmm. and so only up until about four or five years ago, what was it? Was twenty or seventeen years old, something like that. You know, I'm late teens and he's showing me all these videos of me with my mom who I don't see anymore. And, you know, I'm young and doing all this different stuff in England that I would have never saw before or, you know, even barely had a recollection of. And so it's great to be able to document that, just like what you said, mm-hmm. you know, it's like later down the line, you're going to see this stuff and be like, holy shit, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I was doing. And yeah. So, mm-hmm. And so I love that. Yeah. Our, um, we had Matt Choi on. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's pretty big around Austin. He does like a bunch of running content, oh, uh, I did see like that. runs a bunch of marathons and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he has a saying, document, don't create, like just document what you're doing. And he literally, that's what he did during COVID, like documented everything he was doing, blew up for him and his life's changed. And mm. it's cool to see, like, you we would never thought someone would be that big of an influence for just running. Like he just runs, runs marathons, like long distance running. And like, he's building up a whole community. Like every time he posts, I go to his comments and someone's like, Oh, like you inspired me to start running, and it's cool mm-hmm. to just kind of see like people inspired by something you're just doing because you love it. You know, yeah. I think that's awesome. And that only came about like what ten years ago with mm-hmm. social media. You know, I think I wrote a bunch of notes down here. First one is social media. I saw you guys had a, yeah, go a, for it. Y'all had a really great video about mm-hmm. that. Um, but you know, go back ten years. You know, that's that's not a thing. You mm-hmm. know, reaching thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and getting all this support and building, you know, building your life and building up such a following. 
you know, that's only available now because of all these resources that we have and all the connect connectivity we have mm -hmm. with this, you know, so I, th I think that's crazy. Um, Y'all's relationship with social media, and I don't, we don't have to talk about it too long, but no, I, I kind of want to know. Yeah, do your thing. I want to know y'all's insight on where y'all stand with social media, because obviously, you know, you're, you said, mm -hmm. you know, um, content is, what was it? Content is king. Content is current. Con king yeah. and currency. And content currency. is currency. I love that. Yeah. But with all the content that we're getting now, like with social media, no matter what the platform, like how are, what's your guys' perspective on that, on social media as a whole? Um, for me, it's a little bit, cause I'm, I'm not the social media guy. Like, yeah. but I've always, I've always been like that. And I've always been the type to like, I don't really take pictures. I don't like pictures. I've never been the, I've never been the type to like, um, always put all my stuff on social media or like show what I was doing all this. And I've always been like that. Even like when social media came out and like till now, I've just always been like that. But I do think it's very important for what we're doing. And if you're trying to do it just because it's, we were, uh, the guy we had, I don't know if it was the last guy, um, but uh, he has a cricket company. His name's Eli. And uh, uh, he's the Golden Cricket. Shit. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. He, that guy is funny. But bro. he was like, um, <laughs> I don't remember how he said it along the lines, but he was like, he's speaking in comedy terms, but it just kind of works in like this kind of terms as well. He was like, stand up um, can only get you so far because it's a numbers game. You're only uh, talking to a group of people that are in the room at that time mm -hmm. versus here, you're talking to a mass people. And that's the good thing about content is it reaches Austin. It reaches New York. It reaches Brazil. It reaches England. It reaches Canada. Like it reaches yeah. all these other countries that you can't reach when you're just in a room doing that. Right. So I think content is. I mean, uh, yeah, I think social media is very important for what you're doing. It also gives you like uh, gives your fans um, also kind of more of a a personable, um, right? Personable. I don't know how how I'd say it, but uh, you're just more personable with them. Yeah. Um, because. Mm -hmm. There's a group because I'm a gamer, and I talk about them all the time. I'm sure you've heard me talk about them, but they're connect, they're called Optic Gaming. Hmm. And the reason, uh, do you know Face Clan? Yeah. So they're like Face Clan. They're like Face Clan's rival. Okay. Um, but they're called Optic. And oh, Optic. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the reason I think they have such a big fan base, and I think the reason Face was so big at the beginning was because like all the stuff that they did content wise. And always put it on social media, and they're just so personable, and like people related to that, and got to see that, and that's why I think they became so big. Mm -hmm. I think that's why social media is big and is necessary, is because your fans can actually interact with you more and see. It could be behind the scenes footage. Um, it could be you just getting more personable at a coffee shop, talking to them one on one or whatnot, mm -hmm. um, doing live videos, stuff like that. That's why I think it's um, important, very yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. To answer that for me. Um, I think it's this super key with obviously, like you said, trying to grow a business, trying to, you know, put content out. Um, I mean, networking too. like yeah. the amount of people like meeting you, meeting uh, other guests we've had on, you know, just through the phone. Right. Just a DM goes a long way. I feel like if you meet somebody online and you kind of see like that, that they're doing something similar or maybe someone you're interested in. Just hit, hit them up. A lot of times people are going to be very friendly. They're going to respond. And then, you know, especially if you're doing something dope yourself, they're going to be wanting to learn about that, hear about it. Mm -hmm. um, also, too, just the relatability aspect. Like, I think it's a good way for you to connect with people, um, especially like for us. Like we went to school out of state. Right. I'm pretty sure you met a lot of people at your college. And I met a lot of people at my college that I like to just keep up with. Um, 
can't talk to them all the time or I'm not going to probably text them all the time, but at least seeing people like, oh, you had a kid or, oh, you're getting married or, mm-hmm. oh, you're going on this cool trip. I just think it's a good way to keep up with people. And uh, I think it needs to be – I think there's been kind of a switch of how how it's going now. So I think there was a time like probably like the last three or four years to where – it was like, I got to post the best picture. I got to post the best life experience, yeah. all these highlights and stuff. But I think as we're getting older and like kind of like our generation is the first generation to really come up with social media. Right. So I think like as we're getting older, like especially for us, like we're getting closer to 30, people are going to start getting married, start having kids. And then also too, life's going to slow down. Like you're not going to be as young anymore. You're not going to be willing to obviously like party all the time, whatever. And I said like, that's the content you're seeing. I think you're going to start seeing more like, relatable stuff like you know just family oriented stuff or you know people you follow that are business owners and entrepreneurs and what I did too the last couple years is I did like a lot of social media cleaning on my end like I unfollowed a bunch of like girls and stuff that like didn't really need to see or like a bunch of celebrities that like I love like celebrities and stuff like that but I think if they weren't really like a super high point of influence for me or if it's like not a athlete of a team I like or whatever then at some point I was like you know I can always look this person up and look at their yeah. content. But for me, it's I need to just like either follow people I know personally or someone that I look up to or someone that I like connected with because of opinionated or whatever. So just trying to like get more focused on that. And then, um, you know, just it's cool. Like it's entertaining. Like Twitter, like <laughs> Twitter the, is so the, funny. The bro. news, bro. bro like him like bro. all day. Like, <laughs> the alien stuff with Mexico. What was that? Alien stuff in Mexico. Did you see that today? No, I didn't see no? that. No? So apparently... Uh, I love this, though. I love aliens. Yeah. So same. apparently, there's they found them in Peru. I guess... I don't know how uh, Mexico got hold of it. They found them in Peru. But Mexicans got these mummified aliens. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like thousand-year-old thousand aliens. Oh, yeah. And they like came out today and showed them, like, this is what they look like and all this and that. Like, it was the first time we see an alien body, like on video picture real life stuff like that but just the memes that people made about them today because like i said i'm a gamer <laughs> oh yeah and oh, yeah. um when you i don't know how much you game but when you're playing like um call of duty um war zone stuff like that like if you lose i like, got oh, one more game one more game and then oh it's always <laughs> that one more game and then i sent them to one a day and there was a picture of the alien's face is all mummified and it says uh, one more game bro on top of it. i'm so surprised i haven't seen that <laughs> no yeah. it's crazy yeah crazy. I, I i asked him if he thought it was real or not i don't i don't it's it's crazy but you know i that scares me that scares me because i'm big into i'm super big into aliens mm-hmm. people call me crazy i'm big into ancient egyptology i think mm-hmm. that you know i think there's some technology around the um I did see okay, but mm, you see that I don't know about. But I mean, but they're that big because it's like mm, all right. But like I mean, they that that's the size I mean, of this has happened before though. I mean, we go down down to Roswell, nineteen forty nineteen forty seven. I think it was Roswell. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure where Roswell is, but you in know, New they, Mexico. I've driven through there right, a lot coming right. back from college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, okay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Roswell. I mean, we had you know what was, nearly nearly a hundred years, what eighty mm-hmm. ninety years ago, we had a a, a, a flight or a um, a spacecraft yeah. crash. And people, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. That's like like Yoda, man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we had this thing crash and like everybody saw it and everybody, you know, the government's covering it up and they saw like 
bodies getting removed from it and all this crazy shit happening. And they, I think they've tried to keep it hidden for so long. And, and the, the fact that it's coming out now honestly scares me because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's this, there's this conspiracy called Project Bluebeam where they're going to, mm -hmm. you know about Project Bluebeam, where they're going to shoot up the holograms mm -hmm. and, yep, you know, yep. have the, you, you know, um, stuff saying stuff in your ear mm -hmm, and different yeah. things like that. I mean, they have that technology. The technology yeah. we have is, is my, crazy. My girlfriend doesn't believe in, the, in that stuff. She thinks I'm crazy. Huh? Just conspiracy. Conspiracy theories. Oh, I'm yeah. a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, go for it. I'm a big conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a, a, a. I guess I'm not a conspiracist, but I know a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah, and I read up on a lot of conspiracy theories. Like I'm with you on the aliens. Like um, she, this is one of the ones his girlfriend doesn't believe, but I, I, I believe the aliens built the pyramids. Same. Like it's just there's no there's no way. Oh, bro, that no way. Just like, <laughs> I got like, I got them tatted all on my leg. The, I, lo I I love the pyramids, man. I think. There's no way, you know, true human beings. Because if you if you think about it, the amount of people that it would take to build three of the one of them, let alone three, when they have when it's made out of like clay or something mm -hmm. or something like that or stone that's limestone, limestone mm -hmm. but there's no water access to like like there's. There's it's, no way. It's, it's just like the, the the nearest water is like, like it's the Amazon it's, I think, it's, or it's something like, way, like that. It's yeah, it's a ways yeah. away. Yeah, and people were saying that they use like a ramp to get the. First of all, they're marble slabs weighing tons and tons and tons <laughs> yeah. each. Each. Yeah. Each. And we're talking about forty five hundred years ago when they didn't have any sort of technology. And to be able yeah. to be cut and, that good, and they're they're perfect. Like the angles they're, are perfect. They're, they're cut to precision. You've got <laughs> they're cut to precision. You got beams in the middle of them, super intricate, super precise. They're the most you know geographically accurate. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Structures mm -hmm. on Earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're aligned directly to true north, like. Yeah, true north, like directly on it. They align with the constellations, like they're they're placed so perfectly and and constructed so perfectly. I think, I think that the 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 ancient Egyptians who were who were living at that time had access to some kind of extraterrestrial uh, consciousness, or maybe they 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 were that. And they had they they used that and harnessed that energy to to build the pyramids. Yeah, I mean, and I okay personally, I'm a big geek about this stuff. Yeah, this is dope. <laughs> personally, I think I think that they were constructed on the basis of frequency and vibration. Mm -hmm. So everything everything that's living or everything on Earth is, has a vibration, right? It has a frequency. Even this table, it's not moving. Nothing's hitting it. Of course, yeah, you're gonna you know there's a vibration there. But right now, everything's vibrating, like everything. And there's there's a point where there's actually a story about it, um, but I'll get into that later. There's a point where uh, gravity can almost be defied with with like frequency and vibration, right? So there's a story of these guys. Uh, it was ancient Egypt, and you had somebody at the top of this at the top of this mountain. There was there was a marble slab at the bottom. I forget the exact story. I'll have to I'll have to tell you later. Um, but they had a lot of guys, you know, beating on drums at a certain cadence that created this certain frequency. Mm -hmm. And call me crazy, but this this granite slab started levitating and moving up. This is what Tesla was talking about. This is what Tesla was getting into when he was starting to find free energy. You know, we don't need plugins. We don't need this different stuff. The universe has energy and a frequency and a vibration and energy from it that we can harness. But every time somebody's tried to harness that, they get killed or, or mm -hmm. something like that. You yeah, know, well, a, speaking of Tesla, I read something the other day. He died with like pennies in the bank. Yeah. Like literally, he had like 
two cents to his name or something. Mm-hmm. And you think of who he is, just like there's no reason that man you, should be. You want to know something crazy? Toward the towards the end of Tesla's life, he was working on a uh, a saucer, like a spacecraft or a craft that was it was telepathic. You controlled it with your mind. Now, before he died, he gave it to some guy that he met, like he became good friends with somebody before he passed away, and he gave all of his documents and his whole, you know, all his records to this one mm-hmm. guy. Tesla died. This guy got his house raided. He was he was killed. Guess who was the person that came in and took all of those documents from that from that recording? I could be wrong. I don't know. You I, might be right. Isn't it? It doesn't have to do with Donald Trump's dad or something? Donald Trump's uncle. Uncle, yeah. Donald Trump's uncle. So he's the one that has all of that documentation from apparently <laughs> some craft that you could control with your mind. Yeah. He has like a lot of, they have like a lot of uh, Tesla's inventions and books and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff they're still holding back though. I oh, mean, for sure. I mean, oil could be eliminated. Gas could be eliminated. There's a lot, there's a lot I mean, of there stuff. There was a that... guy who, who started a car or he developed a car that ran on water. This was years ago. They killed him. They yeah. killed him. He went to a Wendy's with his brother, and his food was poison. And before he died, he said, they poisoned me. Sure enough, they did. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they don't want anything that would you know, uh, ruin their monetary system. You, know, yeah. you, you take out oil, there's a lot of billionaires that, well, there's still going to be billionaires, but they're not going to keep having that money. But there, there's going to be a lot of, exactly. like the, I mean, the, the Saudis, like they're just. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like the, <laughs> the biggest thing. Like they'll just go down. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, we, we think the U.S., you know, our billionaires, what, Elon Musk, like 300 billion. Something Those like guys that. in Saudi are off the grid and they have a <laughs> lot more than. Oh, yeah, that's not reported. That is yeah, just, there's yeah. some sheiks over there that are like trillionaires. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you just go to Dubai and it's just um, Man. every person you probably wouldn't even think like he has way more money than you think. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's outrageous. Money um, out there. One of the other ones I think about is the Harpray. Um, <laughs> what was it called? Harp- the Harpray. I don't know about that one. So it's basically a grid that was built in Alaska. They shut the Alaska one down. I'm sure there's one somewhere else. Hmm. But it's a grid that's built in Alaska that control that can control the weather. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. I think yeah. they're controlling the weather right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Bill Gates has openly said it. You know, uh, weather geoengineering, he's trying to, you know, block the sun because the the, the earth is heating up. So the, the, the reason they made it was for a weather war. That's why they initially made it was to prove that they can like, because for me, um, nature is always going to be win. Nature will always win, mm-hmm. no matter what. To mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. volcano, tsunami, hurricane, uh, tornado, nature. like Mother Nature is always going to win. Yeah. So for you to like make something where Mother Nature, like you can just cause an earthquake wherever you want, like that, I think that's that's Ooh. was like the. Mm-hmm. There's a race for a weather war, is what it you was. Just, you just said something about causing an earthquake. I think it was back in 2012, there was a big earthquake in, I think it was New Mexico. Um, in Antarctica, people don't believe this, but there's a, there's like a, it was, there's said to be a big base that's already built out there, right? And there's something that they have, they call a, a, a neuron detector or something like that, like, there, there's you have the atoms and you have like really like something even smaller yeah. right and it's like you need this crazy huge machine it's underground under the ice and it's like this huge dome filled with a bunch of things like the size of a basketball and they there's they say 
at face value, they say it's supposed to just detect these neurons that are in space and different shit like that. Um, but this guy just recently came out who was working for that company who had access to everything. He's a whistleblower. He said that that machine was had the capability to one, shoot lasers out into space and quote unquote what he said, communicate with extraterrestrial life. And two, he said it caused on accident a big earthquake in New Mexico in like 2012. So if we have technology that is in Antarctica, way the hell wherever, causing earthquakes on the other side of the planet, I mean, what other type of technologies do we have? Yeah, mm -hmm. There's some stuff in Antarctica because like uh, only civilians can only go so far yeah. in Antarctica before you get shot, really. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what, Deception Island is what it's called. Mm, haven't seen that. Yeah, Deception Islands were like, um, I guess you can't go. And um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who um, try to go there, but obviously yeah. you can't. But yeah, no. Uh, there's another one in Florida. I mean, there's no tectonic plates around Florida, but Florida had an earthquake. Mm. It's like, are we yeah, having how an does, earthquake? How does, how does yeah. that happen? That's a yeah. little yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I I did, I mean, I believe the moon one. Like, I don't Man. know. There, you don't think we went to the moon? Not in '69. Really? I believe we went, but not in '69. Hmm. There's just. After they, after they did it, they destroyed all the records of how they built the spaceship to save storage. Yeah, like that's something that you don't do because it's like a like you're gonna want to keep that's that's, that's, a, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's yeah, yeah that's for the history books yeah and um, but like you just destroy it just a safe space like mm -hmm. no and um, I think we just wanted to say we're the first ones to go right. just because there was a race to the moon mm -hmm. and then before not too long ago we were the only ones to go to the moon yeah like it just doesn't you know i'm on i'm on the fence about that because i am a conspiracy theorist i'm a conspiracy guy um i always discern all the information though i'm not just gonna go believe like all this yeah. craziness mm -hmm. but I, I think there's one part of it where it's like okay we actually did have about three hundred thousand plus engineers working on this whole project at the same time you know to do this big thing for america so it's like okay we have three hundred thousand guys in the same place and working on this shit together and it's all documented but then you have the other side of that where it's cgi and it's proven that you know a lot of these videos or, or pictures are actually pictures of people on earth in training sessions and they just black out the background flip the guy upside down and say he's in space yeah that's been that's been proven you know, I think it's been on Joe Rogan like multiple different times. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy says like, hey, I was on Earth in this picture. And they literally just blacked out the background, flipped it upside down. Yeah. A lot of the um, pictures on NASA are um, oh, Photoshopped. Oh, complete, complete CGI. <laughs> Bro, you think they the pictures of Venus, uh, Saturn, yeah. all that shit is real? Hell no. No, and it, to be that bright? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, and no then, shot. They're riding go-karts on the moon and jumping yeah. around. It's like, <laughs> but literally they say if you like... Get a tear in your suit, you're just gonna blow up. Uh -huh. Like, why would you? Why would you even be riding on a go kart and jumping around? Yeah. It's like that was a possibility. Yeah. Like I don't know. It just don't make yeah. sense. I don't know, man. <laughs> going going down that, like you said earlier, it's kind of like a rabbit. It's hole. It's a rabbit hole and for it's, sure. It's a rabbit hole that, that that's crazy to go down. You know, my old barber was a flat earther, and like full on 120 percent like flat earther <laughs> and i almost started thinking it for a second but then i was like no uh, like, i don't yeah, yeah i don't no. think that one's valid you know i mean it, it's it's easy to look at the moon and see it's a circle mm -hmm. yeah or, there, i mean there's know. some people who think the moon's fake yeah 
Yeah, I mean, what is reality? One, you know, that, one, that's what you keep. That's yeah, what that's where you say that's the fine line. It's like, what the hell is this? Let me, let me show. Because the one who, the, the guy who taught me about like all my, like told me about all my conspiracies, he's, um, I can't remember if he's a flat earther or not, but it, he does think that the moon is fake. Um, like the actual moon is fake. Yeah, right. I, I can't remember his reasoning. It has something to do with like how could. How, because you could see the moon during the day, and the reason you could see it during the day, I, fr- I can't remember exactly what he says, but the reason you could see it during the day doesn't correlate to like why you can like some. I can't remember. I have to ask him again, yeah. and then I'll, ha- I'll I'll get back to you. But that's, there's, that's it has, a lot there's of something they're saying. It's like why can I see the sun and the moon in the same frame when they're yeah. supposed to be? You know, yeah. There's something with seeing the moon during the day. I, forget, I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I go on and on about this. Uh, you said you had some notes, and I don't know if you had any other. I got a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, I just, yeah, wrote, I just got you know a lot of notes to you know that we could we could get through and and, and talk about. Um, I guess we, we were kind of on that same topic. I put Bill Gates and weather geoengineering here. Um, and, also, the meat and, that and he just released. The meat. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the the. Oh yeah, dude. You see, this is what I'm talking about. I think I think the government and like the. Not higher ups, but I think there's a there's a collective group. You know, now it's widely known as the Matrix because of one person. I'm not going to yeah. say the name, but that consists of like this 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 broad network of people who don't who are basically in charge of everything. You know, we think mm-hmm. it's government, but I think there's like a another you know network of people who are really really powerful that you know kind of control everything. You know, it's like the a puppet thing where you're like up here doing this and then everybody's moving below. I think that's exactly what, what we are. And I think that a lot of stuff happening nowadays, like what Bill Gates is doing. I mean, we have this, you know, uh, fantastic, you know, successful business person who is now like the owner of the weather and like telling us where our future is going to be. I don't, you know, I think there's something to be said there and with money comes power, you know, same thing like with Elon Musk, like what is he doing with X? Why is it called X? You know, different things like that. And I think that, like, now we're we're in a point where it's like we're in a battle between, I say faith, because I think all that, that stuff is evil. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff going on that doesn't need to be going on, and a lot of stuff that was talked about in the Bible that we're living in right now in the last days. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, people don't necessarily see because, you know, the news and everything, and I think they're being pushed something that is contrary to what's the actually thing going is, on. Um, I feel like religion has gone away a lot 100%. um it's, i would say especially in america um because uh, if i don't know how much of like the uk but like just like the middle east like muslim is always gonna rule like that mm-hmm. that's yeah a, that's never gonna go I've, away. I've heard that's I the have, most respected religion as yeah, well i have I a good too. i'm actually reading a book right now called american islam mm-hmm. um i have a lot of friends who are muslim mm-hmm. and i've never seen them stray away from what they believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Christianity is whatever you want it to be. You know, I feel like people say they're Christian and just do a lot of stuff that's just completely contrary yeah, no, to no, what the word contra- says. Contradict all the time. Yeah, yeah. and me too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm faithful. You know, mm-hmm. I, I strictly and firmly believe in God and I, mm-hmm. I pray and I believe in my faith. And of course, I cuss, I drink alcohol. You know, I do a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that. Christianity is just, it's a joke to a lot of people now. I mean, mm-hmm. there people are just, they're mocking God in music videos, in, in, in music in general, on the news, you mm-hmm. know, and all these different, you know, different things that's going on. It's like, 
what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. This is why I think, you know, I've actually thought this pretty recently. I think, I think it's, it's, it's time. I think Jesus is coming soon, you know, Uh people call me crazy, like, oh, whatever. But you know, when, when you mock God in the streets and nobody's saying anything, it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, yeah, we need it for sure. Cause I mean, like, like Muslim, they're just so hardcore and that's why they don't do anything. Like that's why Mm -hmm. they, they just, they stick to religion and and they don't smoke they don't drink mm-hmm. they pray was it twice a day or something twice like that mm-hmm. yeah and then they do the fasting and they mm-hmm. they have their prayer time at like 7 p.m they or gotta make their trip to the the what's it called the i always forget it's a it's a oh. city in uh, saudi arabia it's like uh, the one journey that every uh, Muslim person has to do. Oh, the big once, old tower once thing. in their life. It's yeah. like a big, like big square. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know I, what I'm talking oh, about? Man, it's not I'm about to look it up. Yeah, I, I, I know. And the, you're talking about where they walk around it. Yeah, they walk around it. And they also that's where a lot of people pray. Yeah, um, at it as well. What's it called? Um, Hajj. Yeah. Hajj. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. in. Uh, yeah, they, you got to go there w- at least once in yeah. your lifetime. <clears throat> If you're Muslim, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're so strict, and I respect that like, mm-hmm. to the highest extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's funny because earlier you said that music brings people together. But man, him and because uh, we man listen to rap, I feel like well, he he has a lot. He has more variety than I do. But, like we grew up on rap and like listen to rap yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. But more than just rap, there's I believe that there's so much evil behind just. Music and making it in music. Well, just the entertainment industry too. Like I entertainment, mean, the movies, most. even TV. Like that's literally why it's called programming. Like paid programming. Like you're watching stuff, believing certain stuff. There's certain narratives. Even like with the news. Like you have Fox News, which is more like leans towards the right. Then you have like CNN, which is more like towards the left. It's and there's all like divisive. no, yeah, it's all divisive. There's no like real like middle ground, and and that's why like I try to tell people like, hey, like there's so much information out there, like. I feel like just do the research and figure out what you want to believe because if you like get all your information from this one source then of course you're going to think like that because that's all you see right you know yeah like I was saying earlier people speak from experience Mm -hmm. and so whatever they see is going to ultimately become their their experience and so it's like you really have to curate your environment even like you just said Mm -hmm. you know deleting the girls deleting Mm -hmm. the you know you want to curate your Instagram or your social media Mm -hmm. your phone to be what you want it to be Mm -hmm. You know, and that that's part of that experience. And they kind of want to control you to an extent too, because they like not the, to the an extent. They, they really want yeah, to control the you. algorithms. Oh, bad. Uh, <laughs> will just you like they say because TikTok's probably the worst with it. That's why I stay off that. But shit, yeah. you like one girl that's in a bikini. Mm-hmm. You're flooded with it the next time you get on TikTok, and that's yeah. like the next seven. And but then th- how how um, Eli the uh, quick guy uh-huh. was saying uh-huh. like hit the one where he spoke about that he was like gay on um, his big joke and it had one point two million he's, and like he's and, right. and none of that like nothing before that like was that big. Yeah, it was like I think the government just like pushes out the gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they just no shout out Eli. He was completely right. I started yeah. laughing. I think I was watching it this morning. Actually, he said. Uh, what do you say? The, the algorithm is trying to turn everybody gay. Yeah. I think it's true. I mean, it's completely true. It's all, it's all, you know, directed in a specific way. I mean, you know, y'all have seen that, I'm sure, mm-hmm. on Instagram or whatever it was, where it's like you have the news, like one guy saying something and the next person saying the same thing. All of the networks are directed to say the exact same stuff. Yeah, they're all saying the same stuff. It's all, it's all just like a. That's why I don't watch the news, man. It's a, it's a facade. It's mm-hmm. like it's, it's yeah. fake stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't watch the news, and I'm not. 
I'm personally not that political. I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't. I try to stay out of politics. Me too. Well, I, it's very, divisive. It's, it's bad. It, people say it's bad. I don't know. I, I I do it because my parents want me to, and then all my friends want me to. But I typically don't vote just because. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't ever believe what the person that's running mm. is going to do what they said they're going to do. That's yeah. that's my thing. That's yeah. why I don't, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. But it's also hard because you have the argument. It's like, well, they can't always do that because, for the president example, was it the House? The House can have more Republicans than it has Democrats. The, Demo- the Republicans don't want you in office, so they're not going to pass the bills. Right. So it's just, I mean, it is hard because just stuff like that. That does play a factor as well. Yeah, I, I think you're definitely right to an extent. I think, you know, the president really doesn't matter. Um. You know, I think one exception would be Donald Trump. I think to an extent he was probably controlled or, you know, there's something happening there. But I think that he was just one person. Again, I don't want to go too politicky because I, I don't mm. like digging deep yeah, into this yeah. stuff. But I think that he was one that really, you know, was pushing for truth mm. and for, for, you know, going against censorship and really mm. like exposing the deep state and kind of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that could be something that was put in front of us for a reason, too. You know, yeah, we, don't, exactly. we don't know. You have to be skeptical of that. You know, yeah. that, that's why I always talk about kind of sitting back for a minute and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just especially because like he was one of the the like the few presidents that were like super active on social media, like yeah. and just doing like the stuff he's done and like being like accused of and stuff. It goes like, against the grain. It's like, damn, right. bro. Yeah. Like this man was doing all this. It's, it's yeah, crazy. It goes against the grain. It's crazy. So, yeah, it yeah. might not always be the. Correct way, mm-hmm. but like I mean, he stays true to himself. He goes against the grain. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't care for the presidency. I mean, I thought having him as a president was like kind of like a, it's like a joke me- for like America, a almost like a slap in the face. Yeah, yeah, for America, like for all the other countries to look at us, like wow, Donald Trump just president. Yeah, I just can because see that. it's like he's not a political guy. He was I can always see that. like a never um, came up in politics. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was always like just a numbers guy. Always made money. A business guy. He was a business mm-hmm. guy. And then for him to just. I think that president is like what the I hell? think that businessman mentality and that kind of cutthroat mentality was what made him I don't want to say successful but what what made the the United States the way it was in that era you know he I definitely think that, helped the economy a lot absolutely that is one thing he did do yeah. mm-hmm. I think he brought power back to the United States you know I think that a lot of countries were not necessarily scared but they were apprehensive to mm-hmm. do anything because they knew that Donald Trump was going to do it you yeah. know and that, that's scary he to said some fuck people. around find out that's yeah, what he yeah. said <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah no doubt. that's what he said and then I mean he's I mean he said it after when the whole Russia thing went off he said I had Putin like a puppet yeah, <laughs> that's what no, he said no for sure and he was like yeah. now he's running around like a madman no, yeah sure. I mean but, but ultimately this this whole thing you know people think it's government of course the government's not here to help you but going deeper than the government you know people don't know about these big money conglomerates like BlackRock or it's actually only three BlackRock State mm-hmm. Street Vanguard mm-hmm. you know they say wealth management that's what they are but they own everything I mean, they own like 70, nearly 80% of all the Fortune 500 companies in the United States. Like they own everything. By 20, they've been buying up houses like crazy. So they own Zillow. Collectively, they own Zillow. And they've been buying property. Mm -hmm. And and apparently Zillow's algorithm screwed up and bought like $8 billion worth of real estate recently. Jesus Christ. Um, And they've said it openly. By 2030, they want to own 60% of single family residential properties in the United States. How would you feel when your rent and your property is owned by the biggest money conglomerates in the United States that control pretty much everything. That's you know, crazy. that's where. So where? Because I, I've never heard of those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew no Disney is like a big 
monopoly company. So, like, where do they rank in there? Do they own any of Disney, or is Disney still, like, their own thing? I can Because prom- Disney owns a lot. I can promise you Black, Black Rock, State Street, and Vanguard own a very big chunk of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. I, look I mean, just yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah, because I just know Disney owns a lot. That's the thing. Like Disney yeah, Disney owns, definitely does. Owns, there's a lot of big monopolies there's out there. And they're, like, the biggest... I'd say like probably like entertainment, like and also just when you hear of Disney, you're just like that damn Disney. Like everyone, everyone knows what Disney is. Everybody, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's like you grew up on it. I mean, you've watched Disney movies. I mean, now even like if you grew up on Star Wars or Marvel, like I did, it's the same type of deal. Like it's like damn, they own that now. It's insane. ESPN. Um, So BlackRock alone owns seven percent of Disney. Disney, which they might be the biggest shareholder, because that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot. Almost ten percent. Vanguard owns seven and a half percent. So combined, that's fourteen right there. Add State Street, they probably own a good amount. So that's that's what I mean by it. They don't own the whole conglomerate. Yeah. They don't own the whole company. They just have a really big stake in it. Yeah, it says State Street owns about four percent of Disney. What did I say? Fourteen percent. So so that's like fourteen and a half, eighteen and a half percent. Damn near twenty percent yeah. of the company. Yeah. You know, and people think of that like oh like. You know, when people say own a company, they're thinking like, oh, the CEO or, you know, whoever started the company, they own it. But it's like, no, if you buy enough shares into a company, mm-hmm. you you have your leverage, you have leeway. Mm-hmm. You know, if I bought 80 percent of opinionated media, which is never going to happen because nobody's buying it. If, you know, if, if I own 80 percent of it, I can direct you guys where to go. Same mm-hmm. thing with all this stuff. You know, the news channels, mm-hmm. the, the entertainment, they're I don't directing know if everything. You watch the podcast called uh, Having a Cold One. Cold plunging company that we had on? No, but um, my boy in San Antonio, he's um, he's like with all that. Noah or Cade? Cade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you mm. guys know Cade? Yeah, yeah well, they're he's both. one of the owners of. Yeah, it. both. We had. Yeah, them yeah both I on. thought he was a co-owner. I didn't want. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah, to yeah, butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, have both of them. Yeah, that, that's my guy. I love yeah. But um, they they came on. He was like, we do everything in house because it's just they don't want to take any investors, and we've said it too, like. Once you take an investor, you uh, that's it because mm-hmm. you have to do what whatever they mm-hmm. want you to do. Then yeah. now there's very few companies out there where investors are like do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Very rare, but very but rare. It, it happens. One yeah. of our good friends, um, his name is Austin Suter. He owns Dreamer. Um, Dreamer House of Dreamer House of Dreamer Dreamer Foundation. Like that, you probably have seen the clothing brand. They're pretty popping now in Austin. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was that was one of like he. The people invested it, and they didn't. They letting him do what he wants to do, mm-hmm. and then he just gets the return, and right, they're happy. Yeah, and it's cool too. Like I feel like there's there's definitely ways to like work around it because I was just talking to him like about like raising capital, learning how to raise capital, especially like for what we're trying to do long term and like making it a sustainable business. And a lot of times too, like if you can make a connection with like either a really rich person, a famous person, a professional athlete, whatever, yeah. a lot of time they make so much money that the tax bracket is so like they're having to pay so much at the end of the every year because their taxes. So a lot of the times, if you can befriend these people or they can trust them with your vision, a lot of times they'll just cut you a check as like a charitable donation. Mm. And then for them, that's like a write off too. So it's like, it's yeah. all, it's crazy. Like when people don't even know, like there's all type of ways to get around it. Cause like, Oh, you can get a check for a hundred K from somebody, but they might, they're not going to have any ownership. They're just doing it because they need to do it for their own finances. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've some, heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, there's some football players that do it for him. I yeah. heard of people doing that with art, mm-hmm. like buying art and then selling it. And like yeah, yeah, I have heard of that, actually. Getting a big-ass yeah. check at the end of the year. Because for some reason, art's stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it sells and it's some of the art that sells i'm just like yeah how <laughs> yeah because it's all it's all subjective like yeah. i could literally like if i had a kid i could literally like have them scribble on a piece of paper and then yeah. like think it someone could be like oh i want that and it's like really and then you start pricing it and then like you have auctions and stuff and then someone's like oh yeah i'll pay 10k for that it's like what the fuck like all right yeah. sure you know yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, so, no it's yeah. crazy i mean it is because i mean it has nothing to do with like being good or anything but like Drake's son drew his new album cover, well, and it you just determine the value, right? Yeah, you guys saw the, um, you guys see they they set up a they did an experiment. I don't know where it was, but they set up a, a luxury shoe store, mm. and they gave it all this you know nice branding and everything. Yes, they took yes, 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 yes. Stuck them shoes, in there. Yes. These people were paying eight, seven, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars yes. for a thirty dollar Payless shoe yes, because of that. the brand. Same thing with Louis Vuitton, and, mm-hmm. and same thing with Gucci. And all yeah, all those stuff. designer shoes. Like they, they're. I was walking because I've been doing the seventy five hard, and I've been walking around the domain, and there's this one store. I forget what it's called, but the shoes like look very cheap and like almost dirty on purpose. And like a lot of girls wear them. It's like a designer sneaker. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you're, you're going to pay like $600, $800 for that shoe. And like to me, uh, you know, I just like Nikes and shit. So it's like, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Like I'll just get some J's or whatever. But then I see that shoe and I'm like, damn, people are really paying for something like that. And like it's not even, well, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy. When like you, when <laughs> you get into that, it's all like status. It's all status. You know, people want to live up living up to the Joneses and all that. Mm. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. But I think that's what they want. Yeah. You know, it, it's part of that American dream. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think this is like new modern day slavery. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that, but it's like, how do I say this? Back in the day, Slaves worked for free. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they mm-hmm. got, you know, their to food. live. They got to live. To live, literally, and food. To live. Yeah. <laughs> now we're getting paid to pay for us to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going back and doing the same stuff with it. Oh, we get another, we get a raise. Now we're making 100K a year. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy the Gucci. I'm going to buy the Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Now I got a nicer watch. Now I got these, you know, this different Your stuff. cost of living goes up with now I got the money you're making. And it's, yep. all, it's all leveled out. And it's mm-hmm. just the same exact stuff. That's how they keep you there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, but I have a nice car now. But I, I got to make more, more money. I got, you know, I got a little bit more money. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living, I'm doing my thing, but it's like, you're still in that box. And that's kind of why I started my channel is to mm-hmm. kind of help people get the motivation to try and think outside of the box, you know? Yeah. That's that's it. But at the same time, I mean, I've mentioned this on other podcasts before, you need those people. Absolutely. You need them. No, the, the world does not run without those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you need the janitors. You need the people to do this. You need the people that, that um, do other content, people that game. You need the people who Absolutely. are homeless. You need, you need people that blow bags at the club. Yeah, you need to <laughs> yeah. That's damn right. That's, Absolutely. That's you just how it is. Like, you need all those people yeah. for the world to run, mm-hmm. regardless. Mm-hmm. That's like the shitty thing about it is like at the end of the day regardless you need those people yeah and i think that's why they want to keep them there or keep us there you know because we are the ones that keep everything moving yeah you know and it's kind of sad to say and i don't say the the previous part you know trying to discount you know people living their life yeah i think think everybody has the right to live the way they want to live and i'm not judging anybody what what i've come to um terms with lately is Everybody has a different version of success, and there's no right or wrong yeah. version of success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you could be happy. It's, I mean, just being healthy, waking up every day, healthy, being able to pay all your bills. Like, yeah. 
I mean, if you're doing that, you're successful, you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. but obviously, like, there's a level to take it. Like, if you're like doing something like this, it's like, all right, I want to be able to wake up every day, create my own schedule, and also not being capped off by like me working whatever job I have currently. Like, okay, I know I can, you know, work extremely hard, even, you know, work late hours, whatever, but I'll still know every two weeks or whatever your pay cycle is, I'm still going to only get this set amount sent to me or paid right. me until I either you know, move up because I outwork somebody ahead of me or they leave or quit or get fired. And then like I get promoted. But when you're doing something like you can control really your earning potential is endless too. It's like you can create something where there's infinite value in it, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the value you determine it is, it can be, for example, with even like content creators, like our boy Peyton, like grew his podcast to over 200 plus K on YouTube. Damn. 200. Yeah, I know it's crazy. In like a year or two, uh, 200 million on YouTube, 2 million on TikTok. TikTok, That's mad. uh, 250 K on, um, on IG. And like, he just sold out his first live show ever in Dallas. Now he's doing a live show in New York and he like posted a screenshot. He's like, damn, it's only been 30 minutes. It's almost sold out, but he's like creating value from just him talking in the camera. And now his life has changed forever because people just, don't care like whatever it costs or whatever he's like, you know, they're just like, Oh, like we like you, we're going to support you. Mm-hmm. And this, and knowing like seeing that. And especially when it's someone that's like a really close peer, like you, you've seen literally the come up, like they've been supporting you since the jump, but you've seen how they've evolutionized. And even like my homie Austin, like started his clothing company. He was at the infancy stages last year. And then now like seeing what he's doing with it, it's just like, all right, you're seeing people like that. It's like, why not push to get into that instead of like kind of, you know, determining what you're going to determine as your success. Right. But at the end of the day, it's okay to just, like I said, you wake up, you're healthy, your bills are paid, you have a roof over your head, you have food, you know, and you can, you know, go about your life. But I think it does just depend on what you're trying to achieve and learning that into, and also just, um, you know, still you know, being around people like that. I mean, not everyone's going to understand it, especially like for us, probably our parents, you know, a lot of the times, like they just grew up differently. The internet wasn't as, you know, accessible. Like, like they (laughs) didn't see people making, you know, a million dollars from sitting on us from streaming all right. Right. Like that wasn't a thing, you know, a lot of the times it's like, if you told somebody you wanted to start a business, become an entrepreneur, they'd be like, Oh, like what's your product? What are you selling? We're doing the same thing. It's just different. It's more modernized. And even when we get older, it's going to be something else. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, my parents tell me all the time, like, uh, oh, you millennials don't know what hustling is, don't know what hmm. working is and all this and that. Like, we do. It's just not. They're used to the hard labor working. different hustle. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, ours is just more of, like, the content creation, um, trying to be an entrepreneur, trying to make it, do day trading, do real estate, stuff like that. It's a different kind of like hustle and labor. But it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's just in a different way. I also think too, like back then hustling was a lot like more obtainable because you, you're doing like the work and then you get a paycheck on the side. You get extra money on the side right away as opposed to doing something like content creating, mm. uh, real estate, selling mean. a product it might take you a minute to hit that bag, but then when you hit it, it's substantial and it becomes passive because it starts to, you know, kind of that work you put in, it starts to kind of reward you long-term. It's more of like a long start to bring in that delayed gratification. Yes. Yes. Because what you sell a house, you get paid 30 days after the close or something like that. Or somewhere. I mean, it depends, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, 
the same thing as like you sell a house and you don't get a whole your whole mm-hmm. paycheck until 30 days after it's sold mm-hmm. rather than like yeah i mean that that's with anything though even, yeah. even like like sales you know um you know i'll make a sale or yeah i'll make a sale but then you got to go through the onboarding process you got to do this and that and you got to get invoicing and then the company got to get paid then they got to yeah. get paid and then it's like finally comes down to me you know month two months later it's mm-hmm. all it's all the same stuff yeah 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 love that yeah um, so i guess a few few last questions we have for for you i have uh how can we like help you with your vision and we're in your mission what you're trying to accomplish keep doing what you guys are doing man you guys you guys motivate me um you know, I would say follow me on Kais Wilson, at Kais Wilson at, on Instagram. Um, and, you know, just like I said, just continue doing what y'all are doing. You know, you're an inspiration for a lot of people and, and including myself. You know, I find motivation from from different pieces and a lot of different people and seeing, you know, young guys like us, you know, continue to fight and push for something better is, is something that's motivating, not just for me, but for everybody. So that's how you could help me out. For oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Cool. And then um, any advice you have for listeners and young people uh, trying to do the same thing as us? Um, I'd say tr- stay true to yourself. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that um, criticize you, talk down on you for being who you are. But, you know, ultimately all you have at the end of the day is yourself. You know, even if you have a, you know, a beautiful girlfriend or husband next to you, um, you're within your own two, you know, you're, you're within your, your two ears, you know, it's your brain, it's you. And so I think when you come to terms with who you are and just, you know, really understand that nobody can really change who you are and that, you know, God or whatever entity you believe in created you the certain way that you are, you need to, you know, maintain in that, in that form. I think a lot of people kind of stay, you know, stray away from what they are because of social media or their friends, they want to kind of fit in. Uh, you don't have to fit in at all. You know, just mm-hmm. be exactly who you are, and, and the right person is going to come for you, and the right friend group is going to come around you. So, yeah. um, before we hit this off, do you have any shout outs you want to give or anything for us? Uh, no, man. Shout out you guys. Shout out you guys. Shout out my dad. That. Love you, dad. That's my guy. Um, you know, everybody who who's kind of helped me. You know, during this 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 phase of of you know discovery, moving, and you know leaving school and everything, and. And, um, yeah, everybody who supported me out of all the people who didn't support me, thank you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Yeah, and we can, we can find you everywhere at Kais Wilson. All right, yep, Kais at Wilson. Kais Wilson. Um, keeping it real pod on, on, on YouTube. I'll yep. be starting that back up, you know, hopefully, hopefully pretty soon. So. Yeah, I mean, that camera, it's, it's, if it's just you, beautiful camera. If you don't, yeah, yeah. Don't necessarily have all the funds to get everything, because, I mean, this shit's expensive. Yeah. Um, just a little shotgun mic on it. The quality of the camera's good. The mic will pick up your voice. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, and it's I'll just, do it. Yeah. And then hopefully I get you guys on. Yeah, no, that, yeah, we're, we're, we're today. Because he, t- he told me today that I was like, oh, he also has his own podcast. I was like, we need to start getting on more podcasts. Because we've only been on we've only technically been on. two other ones, but really? one other one together. Um, oh, wow. mm. So we went on to the Riser one that was together. And then him and I separately went on to this um, other girl's podcast that we had on. She invited us onto her podcast. Yeah. And but we went individually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. Whenever you get that going, let us know. We need guests, and even like from our network, we'll we'll send people over your way. Yeah. And then once we get this spot next year too, you need you want to take your content to another level, just hit us up, and we'll help you out too. So. Yeah, bro. I appreciate yeah, that, and I appreciate you guys letting me here as well. Like I said, yeah. you know, a lot of res- respect for what you guys do. You know. I think it's a statistic. I think most podcasts don't get past five. Is it five episodes? I think so it's, somebody said that. Yeah, it's like it's close. like the most podcasts. Most people can't shoot 
more than one. And then mm. if they get to five, the percentages are substantially low. And then Gosh. it's like after 10%, like if you get through 10% or 10 episodes, you're in the 1% of podcasters. Mm. Who told us that? It was, uh, I saw it online, but someone told us it. I don't, I can't remember. It yeah, was, I saw it online as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, crazy. It, it, makes, it makes sense. We're what? Almost at a hundred. I mean, we've shot a lot over yeah. cause we've shot a bunch of sports shows. Like we've shot, um, well, just this show we're almost at, this like is at like, right? yeah, you're probably, I think your guests like 87 maybe. Really? Yeah. yeah. So like we just, that's ju- a shit yeah. just a guest. And, yeah, exactly. We have a whole football but show. You guys do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, so we have yeah. a whole football show. Um, we have another show called Roundtable. Y'all gonna be doing an- something this weekend for UT? Um, so our plan is eventually we've done it technically twice. twice. Yeah, because um, we did. We went to Texas A and or Texas Bama last year, and then I went to Tech with a couple of the guys Tech, in the company. They play? Uh, Texas, 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 Texas as well. Um, eventually, because this was before COVID was a thing, I had a. Um, a, a thing that I wanted to do, then COVID hit, so it kind of ruined it. Um, but it's kind of a good thing that it ruined it. Um, but I want to um, go to different states, games, and whatnot, mm-hmm. cities, mm-hmm. and interview people. Yeah, at the tailgates, yeah, that would blow up, bro. Bro, yeah. and I think it would be something too. Like, it's just it, it, it's just expensive, and then like we'd have yeah, to travel, learn how to. Yeah, because I, I I told them I want it to be something where probably in the next couple of years to where we can look at the schedule for this season and book out, buy the tickets for everyone up in advance, get all the flights, all mm-hmm. the staying all at once. And then, you know, Monday through Wednesday or Thursday, we're doing stuff here. And then on the weekend, we're traveling to these different games weekly and doing mm-hmm. that all season. Mm-hmm. We could obviously do that video and then we could do like our live show, maybe like Friday or there or whatever yeah. uh, that we do for sports stuff. And just really try to like build this new media is what like a lot of people call like Pat McAfee. I mean, ESPN just gave him the bag because he is he made his own audience on YouTube and ESPN is like, all right, we're losing like the traditional TV audience because now you can pick and choose even like ESPN and and, uh, Fox. Like I watched Joel Klatt and um, I watched like Greg McElroy, like they work for Fox and ESPN, but they have their own shows on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, I can just watch watch it on YouTube and I don't got to like be on TV and like catch it at a certain time. So I think like that's a big advantage YouTube is creating now. And also people and Josh Pate, like he's like one of the biggest football, like cultural ball, like YouTubers, but like he's created his own audience. Like I'm going to probably listen to him before I listen to anyone on TV. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. I didn't think about that. You're, you're so right. Even like, um, even like politics, like what, who is it? Um, Oh man, Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. Like they let him go, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll take it to yeah, I'll take it to Twitter." And then, yeah. like number one yeah, interview, his, yeah. number one most viewed interview, interview ever. ever like, yeah. He just brings his following. You know, it doesn't matter the the company or, or enterprise that you're attached yeah. with. You know? as, as long as you have a platform to put it on, like people are gonna go, and then they can like pick and dictate what they want to watch and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a the cool thing. Um, last thing, I want to leave with you um, a quote that our photographer videographer told. Them. I might butcher it, butcher it here a little bit, but it's um, how many dreams are you stopping by not chasing your own? Mm. I love that. How many dreams are you stopping by not chasing your own? Mm. Mm-hmm. Who made this quote? The boy uh, Albert. He made it or did he saw it? He just kind of said it. He was like, "Yeah, Albert. Shout out Albert Toga Media, main videographer." Um, but he he basically said because one time our our boy Steve who's like another guy within our media company me and him were shooting a, a podcast and we'll start back up probably once we have a studio called Keep It a Buck which is more like more, it a buck. yeah it's more like this like 
kind of like it's like health wellness and then music because me and him love music so kind of like trying to mix things up but like a change of pace type of deal and uh steve was having like he's a perfectionist like he wants everything to be exactly right every time before he releases it and then albert was like how many people's dreams are used like yeah, it's hard. It's always butchered too. But how I, many dreams are how many people's dreams are you stopping by not chasing your own? Yes, and like, and that goes back to what yeah. we were saying earlier about people just wanting to only edit, only shoot yeah, with a camera. Go with that. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. those people that literally that's all they want to do, and like yeah. that's fine. So it's like us providing this, and then eventually becoming, you know, a bigger company, and then having like a pr- a production slash consulting side where we help people with content. You know. That's we create jobs and opportunities for people who want to do that, who might not, you know, get opportunities to work with people. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to to get into that kind of space without knowing someone. So yeah. and the biggest thing for me one day is what you just heard earlier is inspiring people. Fucking, if, if we can inspire somebody to make a podcast, that would make that would make more I'm, than my I'm, day, I'm my sure life. You that, have too. I'm sure that, you have. That, that that would that would mean a lot to me. So mm-hmm. just inspiring people is the other big thing. Yeah. Um, but this was fun. Again, Very thank fun. you. Yeah, yeah, um, y'all are sick. Man. Won't uh, hopefully it won't be the last time, but appreciate you coming out, taking time out your day. Yeah. Um, they can find you everywhere at Kais Wilson, and the yep. podcast is keeping it real with Kais. Keeping it real pod. I keeping think it real pod what is, is what you change yeah. it to. Yeah. Okay. Um, go give him a follow. Uh, go show him some love on YouTube. His podcast will be starting up back shortly. Mm-hmm. But that'll do it for your boys over here at Opinionated. We'll catch y'all guys next time. Peace. Peace.